12 incredible prophecies that prove that Jesus was the Messiah. Folks, within the pages of your Bible, the scriptures, you will find in the Old Testament many prophecies that pointed to the person of Jesus Christ. Listen to me here. Either Jesus Christ was the Messiah, the promised Messiah, or he was not. And if he was and is, then it is important that you receive him as Lord and Savior. He is the Messiah. The Bible makes it clear. And that's what will be uh, proven in this teaching here. Twelve incredible prophecies that prove that Jesus was the Messiah. Prophecy number one. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 declaring that the birthplace of Messiah would be in Bethlehem. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Let's find the fulfillment of that prophecy. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. So that's just one prophecy. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll be taking the Old Testament prophecy and then following it up with the New uh, Testament, ladies and gentlemen, which is what I did there. So th in that prophecy, we see, we learn that the Messiah would be uh, coming forth out of Bethlehem. Not only that, we see that he was from everlasting. So that talks about the deity of Jesus Christ, he came down from above. You'll find that in the scriptures over and over again, that he was sent uh, from above. Jesus said, I am from above, you are from beneath. So something to keep that in mind. It's a beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen. The Messiah, the promised Messiah, came from above. Prophecy number two, Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14, that the Messiah would be born of a virgin, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That word, uh, by the way, means God with us. So the fulfillment here, ladies and gentlemen, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So there's the fulfillment. Uh, Mary was espoused to Joseph. Now listen to what it says there. Before they came together, before they had intimate relations together, there were other children that followed. But before they came together for the first time, Mary was pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Don't let anybody tell you a different than that. So that's what the scriptures tell us right there. Prophecy number three. We'll go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 3. And this talks about the Messiah being rejected by his own people. So that would be the, his own uh, Jewish uh, people. 
He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. So the Messiah would be rejected by his own people. Let's see what we find in the New Testament. John chapter 1, verse 10 to 12. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So right there we have the fulfillment. Uh, Jesus was in the world. Not only was he in the world, listen to what it says, the world was made by him. Look at that. He came unto his own. That's speaking of his own Jewish people. And his own received him not. They rejected him. You see that? But as many as received him. That's Jew or Gentile, by the way. That's people like me and you. I'm a Gentile. To them gave he power to become the sons of God or the children of God. Whoever believes on the name of Jesus Christ, that promise still stands true today, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to prophecy number four. Psalm 45, verse six. We have the Son of God being called God by his Father. Psalm 45, 6, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Look at that. New Testament fulfillment. But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So here's the Father calling the Son, God, you know, people will often refer to certain scriptures where Jesus refers to uh, his father. He says, my God and your God. And they'll say, how could he be God? Well, here's, here's the father calling Jesus the son, God, right there, right there in the scriptures, ladies and gentlemen. I'll say that again. Hebrews 1, 8, uh, 1, 8. But unto the son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Powerful prophecies that we're going through here today. Number five, Isaiah chapter nine, verses one and two. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. The people that walk in darkness have seen a great light, that they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Powerful. So here's the fulfillment, ladies and gentlemen. New Testament, Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 12. Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast in the borders of Zebulon and Naphtalim, that it might be fulfilled, look at that, fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, or Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtalim, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee, of the Gentiles. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. I love that 
scripture, ladies and gentlemen. So the prophet Isaiah, he prophesied where the Messiah would do his ministry. And you know, as you read the New Testament, Jesus ministered in Galilee. So what a beautiful fulfillment, folks. What, what, what are we doing here? We're proving through the scriptures that Jesus Christ is, in fact, the promised Messiah of Israel. So important to know these things. I encourage you to jot down these uh, scripture references for yourself. Search the scriptures to see if what I'm telling you is true. So that's why I love to use the word of God so that you would see these things right in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. Prophecy number six, Isaiah chapter 61, verses one to two, that the Messiah would preach good tidings, okay? Isaiah 61, verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. So let's see the fulfillment in the New Testament of this prophecy. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Let's start there. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable acceptable year of the Lord and he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began to say unto them this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. That is powerful. He walks into the synagogue. The book of Isaiah, the, the scroll of Isaiah was handed to him. He preaches from the book of Isaiah, ladies and gentlemen. And then he tells the people, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He's letting them know it's me. I am the promised Messiah. Can you imagine this? The word gospel means glad tidings, good tidings. So the prophecy was that one would come. The prophet Isaiah in 61 uh, verse 1, that's what it spoke about. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings. The gospel, ladies and gentlemen, you know it's good tidings. It's good news. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ came to do. So we're learning here uh, a lot of stuff from these prophecies that were fulfilled. Uh, prophecy number seven, Psalm 41.9, that the Messiah would be betrayed by a friend. Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. That's a prophecy, ladies and gentlemen, of the one who would betray uh, Jesus Christ, and you know who that is, uh, Judas Iscariot. 
Uh, not too many people will name their children Judas, if you notice. Fulfillment here, Mark chapter 14, verse 10. And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priest to betray him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. Isn't that a heartbreak? So Judas made a deal, ladies and gentlemen, with the devil right then and there. He sold his soul to Satan. Think about this. Judas was an eyewitness to the incredible works, the miracles which Jesus Christ performed while he walked this earth. Think about it. Casting out devils, demons, the healings, the multiple uh, multitude of healings that the Lord did, the raising of the dead, the stilling of the raging sea, walking on water. Think about it. We could go on and on. And, and Judas was numbered among the twelve. He was one of the hand-picked disciples of Jesus Christ after spending all night in prayer. And yet he turned on the Lord. Next prophecy will fulfill uh, the, the same thing. Uh, it's also regarding Judas. So let's go to prophecy number 8. Zechariah 11 verse 12. That the Messiah would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. So we're dealing with the same person here, ladies and gentlemen, Zechariah 11, verse 12, And I said unto them, If ye think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. My, oh my, a prophecy. Think about that. The exact amount of money was prophesied hundreds of years before it actually happened. Let's find the fulfillment. Matthew chapter 26, verse 14. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Wow. Thirty pieces of silver. This man, as I said, he made a deal with the devil. Sold his soul to the devil. He's in hell right now. The casting out of demons, the healings, raising the dead. But what was on his heart? What's in it for me? What's in this thing for me? What's in this gospel for me? You see? This Judas Iscariot was the original pastor money bags. What's in it for me? And it ended him in hell, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Prophecy number 9, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6. The Messiah would be smitten and span upon. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Can you imagine this? Hundreds of years before it happened, the prophet prophesied what would happen to Jesus Christ when he was persecuted by his own religious people. My, oh my, the fulfillment, New Testament, Mark chapter 14, verse 61. But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, O Messiah, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, what need we any further witnesses? Ye have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. 
and some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to buffet him and to say unto him, Prophesy! And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. Can you imagine this, ladies and gentlemen? Here's Jesus Christ shortly before he was put to death. And he's asked the question. You're talking the highest uh, echelon of, of the religious Jewish people here, ladies and gentlemen, the high priest. Okay, And he's questioning Jesus. And all Jesus did was tell the truth of, about who he was. And he was asked the question, Art thou the Christ? That word means Messiah. Art thou? Are you the Messiah? The Son of the Blessed? Meaning the Son of God. And Jesus said, what did he say? I am. I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Can you imagine this? What did the high priest do? He, he tore his clothes. He says, we don't need any more witnesses. You heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him. They were all in agreement, condemned him to death, and they spit on him, exactly as the prophet said, Isaiah chapter 56. So, incredible prophecies, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to prophecy number 10, Psalm 69, 4, that the Messiah would be hated without a cause. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. So Jesus uh, was absolutely hated without a cause. You'll find the fulfillment right here. John chapter 15, verse 23. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works, which none other man did, then they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled. See that again? Fulfilled. That is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. So we know as you read the gospels, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus was hated, despised, persecuted severely. And there it is another fulfillment of a great prophecy. Prophecy number 11, Zechariah 12, verse 10, that the Messiah would have his side pierced. Zechariah 12, 10, and I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Wow. So hundreds of years before Christ went to the cross, the prophet Zechariah prophesied that this would happen. Fulfillment, New Testament, John chapter 19. Let's start at verse 34. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it Bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. There it is again. Fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they pierced. Wow. So, powerful, powerful prophecies that we have here, ladies and gentlemen. Prophecy number 12, Isaiah chapter 53. Verses 4 to 8. The Messiah's death for our sins. Surely, 
Started verse 4, Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or punishment of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb or silent, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken? That is one of the most powerful prophecies in the Bible, in the entire word of God, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, this is the center. This is the very heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This was prophesied approximately 700 years before the event actually happened. My, oh my. Oh, don't miss this, ladies and gentlemen. There's no other Messiah. This is it. He came, and when he comes back, it's to judge. It's the second coming of the Lord. So here he is. He came here, ladies and gentlemen. This is why he came. Look at this. Look at that. He was. He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions, ladies and gentlemen. This is the. This is the very center of the gospel, New Testament fulfillment. John chapter one verse twenty nine. Look what John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus coming. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, "Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world." He was sent into this world to die for our sins, ladies and gentlemen. First Peter one eighteen. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Look at that. We were not redeemed, ladies and gentlemen, with corruptible things. All these things of, of, of the world, they, they rot and, and they corrupt and they rust. Not so. We've been redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And look how uh, Peter talks about the lamb without blemish. Uh, Jesus was the perfect lamb of God, a fulfillment. Look at the Passover. They had to have a lamb without blemish. Jesus had no blemish. He had no sin. Glory to God. Glory to God. He's the one who went to the cross for you and me. Glory to God. 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened or made alive by the Spirit. Don't forget those uh, words, ladies and gentlemen. Christ also hath once suffered for sins. There's no repeat. No priest necessary anymore. He's the great high priest. Glory to God. And look at this, the just for the unjust. Ladies and gentlemen, 
You're, you're part of the unjust. There's only one just one, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah, the just for the unjust. That's something you need to remember. So we looked at 12 prophecies, ladies and gentlemen, but the question is, what did Jesus have to say? Did Jesus believe that he was the Messiah? I mean, can we find anything uh, that would relate to that in, in the scriptures? We certainly can. Look at this, John chapter 4, verse 23 to 26. I'm going to pick up a conversation uh, that Jesus was having with a woman uh, of Samaria. And she came to the well and she was, she was uh, talking with the Lord. And uh, this is what he said to her. He said, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah, so Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. So what the word Christ means. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Right there, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus told this woman of Samaria that he was the Messiah. He told her, you are speaking to him. She, she was waiting. She says, I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he comes, he's going to tell us all things. And Jesus said, you're talking to him. Glory to God. Doesn't that excite you? It excites me, ladies and gentlemen. It's good to know the Lord. It's good to be saved. It's good to be a Christian. It's good. It's a good thing to know that you're going to heaven and you'll be you'll be with the Lord forever. You'll be with every believer uh, that has ever existed from the beginning of time. It's a beautiful thing to be a Christian, folks. Certainly in the days in which we are living. So let's take a look at another instance where Jesus makes it very clear that he's the Messiah. Mark chapter 14, verses 57 to 65. And this is where the Jewish high priest is asking Jesus if he is the Christ. I sped this before. Listen, and there arose certain, Mark 14, 57, and there arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. That's, by the way, that has to do with the Lord telling the people, he said, destroy this temple three days, I'll raise it up. He was talking about his own body, but they didn't understand that. They were thinking of a physical temple. Mark fourteen fifty nine. but neither so did their witness agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. That's the second coming, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, What need we any further witnesses? Ye have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemn him to be guilty of Death And some began to spit on him, and to cover his face, and to buffet him, and to say unto him, Prophesy, and the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. By the way, uh, Jesus quoted, uh, when he said to them that he would be coming in the clouds of heaven, he was referring to uh, a passage from Daniel 
chapter 7, I'll read it to you, 13 and 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Glory to God. Isn't it wonderful, ladies and gentlemen, how the scriptures fit together? You know, the Bible, it's, it's, it, there's a unity in the scriptures from Old Testament right through the New, ladies and gentlemen. There's no need to chop this uh, Bible up. It flows beautifully. Don't ever forget that. From Genesis to Revelation, the Word of God is the Word of God. The prophecies were fulfilled. It always goes forward, ladies and gentlemen. Not retro religion. You see, it goes forward. And, and, and you, know, the, you know, there are people out there that will be talking about, you know, when Jesus uh, came and because the, the Jewish people, the people of Israel rejected him, uh, basically Plan B <laughs> had to come into effect. That is false teaching. That, that is demonic teaching, by the way. It's an insult to, to the very gospel itself. I mean, we're talking about the cross. We're talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nothing was postponed, ladies and gentlemen. There is no postponement. This is not just a little parenthesis, uh, a backup plan. No, everything's moving forward just the way the Lord uh, intended it to move, ladies and gentlemen. So, in other words, when you think about all the people that have lived since the time of Christ, we're talking almost 2,000 years uh, have gone by, ladies and gentlemen, think of all the people that have lived and died. So, so you either have Christ or you don't. That's how serious uh, this thing is. Very, very important. Look, look what, uh, this is why it is so important. Uh, John chapter 8, 21 to 24 why is it important? Because without Jesus Christ, you will die in your sins. If you die in your sins, you will end up in hell for eternity, for eternity, forever. That's a fact. That's what it means when you hear the Lord say, you will die in your sins, you shall die in your sins. John eight twenty one. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, you cannot come. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, That ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, Ye shall die in your sins. Right, right there, folks. You know, this, by the way, this does not only apply to Jewish people. This applies to everybody. Okay? If you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't believe that he is who he said he is, you, you, you will die in your sins. You have no faith in him. Uh, so this is serious stuff here. Uh, don't miss uh, what he says. He, he says, ye are from beneath, I am from above. In other words, he came down from above. He was sent down from above because he's eternal. We began this with uh, the, the first prophecy from Micah chapter 5, verse 2, where he would be uh, born in Bethlehem. But it says the one who would be born in Bethlehem was from everlasting. He has no beginning. He's eternal. So, so this is what the Lord is saying. He says, you're from beneath. I'm from above. You are of this world. He says, I'm not. I am not of this world. That's why you don't want to miss it, folks. Uh, because if you miss Christ, if you don't have your faith in him, you, whoever you are, will die in your sins. That's how real this thing is, folks. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verses 10 to 12. 
Peter speaking, be it known unto you all, unto all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Could it be any clearer? Forget about the people that tell you, oh, this is just a, a postponement or this is just a parenthesis for the church. And, and No, listen, this is the word of God for all people, whether you be Jewish or whether you be Gentile. It's always been that way. You either come through Christ or you don't. You're either in him or you are not. You are either saved or you are lost. That's how real this is, folks. There's no salvation outside of Christ. Think of all the religions all over the world. You don't believe in Jesus. You've never been saved, never been born again of the Spirit. You are lost as I speak this word to you right now. Jesus said this, John 14 and 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He made it clear. He says, no man. Obviously, no woman. It speaks of everybody. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You're either covering through him or you're not. It's a, it's a take it or leave it gospel, ladies and gentlemen. You are either coming through Christ. If, if, if your sight is on heaven, if your eyes are looking heaven, heaven bound, your heaven word, uh, then you better have your faith in Christ other, because you will not be there otherwise. Look at what Jesus said after he rose from the dead. Matthew 28 and 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Look at that. That's talking about omnipotence, folks. All power. Speaking deity. Think about that. All power belongs to this one in heaven and earth. And that's after he rose from the dead, after he was killed on the cross. I mean, what a testimony. I mean, this is, this is the one who offers you eternal life. He's offering you eternal life. This is where salvation is found. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. This is what he said also after he rose from the dead. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Could it be any clearer? You're a believer? You'll be saved. You're not a believer? You will be damned. That is from the mouth of the most gentle, sweetest man that ever walked this earth. He's telling you how to get saved. You believe? He came to die for you. You believe you'll be saved. You do not believe. You do not believe you'll be damned. So so we, we heard 12 powerful prophecies, ladies and gentlemen, from the Word of God, proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is the Messiah of Israel, and he's the one that every man and woman, not only Jewish, every man and woman throughout the world needs Jesus Christ for the salvation of their soul. Be blessed.